Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. Amen. Doesn't it feel good in the house of the Lord tonight? Praise God. Praise God. It's such an honor to be with you uh, on this cold and blustery Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Uh, but I believe that the Lord has great things in store for us here. And uh, I feel like the Lord has laid a word on my heart to share with you tonight. So uh, if you will go with me to the book of First Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, and we are going to read verses 9 through 13, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 13, amen. While you're turning there, I want to give honor to your pastor, your bishop, love and appreciate these great men of God and their families, all the great and wonderful leadership here at the Lighthouse, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning with verse 9. If you have it, say amen. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Just call to your memory here before we read verse 10 that Elijah here is, is off the heels of a great victory. There was a massive slaughter of the prophets of Baal. And immediately after this victory, as is so often the case, uh, the voice of the enemy took up a, a posture of intimidation. You ever experienced that before? You, you see a victory in your life, but the enemy is there to try to intimidate you right afterwards. And Jezebel raises her voice against the prophet Elijah and and tells him that what he has done to these prophets of Baal, she's going to do to him within a 24-hour period. And so Elijah leaves the area, and this is where the story picks up here. The Lord comes and finds Elijah here on the mountain, verse 10, and he said, I have been, this Elijah responding to God's question, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword and I even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away he tries to justify this this place that he is hiding in he tries to justify what he is doing to the Lord and he said go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire a still small voice verse 13 and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, 
Elijah. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you tonight for the next few moments, God of the wind, God of the wind. Would you pray with me before we're seated in the presence of the Lord? Jesus, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful to be in your house tonight. Lord, so thankful for the privilege to be in your presence. Lord, so thankful for the honor, Lord, to hear from your word tonight. God, I pray that right now in this moment, Lord, your glory would fill this house. Lord, that you would open up our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us tonight, God. And I I pray that before this service is over, Lord, that the wind of the Holy Ghost would blow through this house and move upon us in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give, give honor also to my friend, Brother Fox. Hallelujah. Amen. It's such an honor to go and be with him in Liberia a few weeks ago. And I'm sure you've heard about that, but we had a great time in Liberia. Love and appreciate that great man of God. Amen. Amen. Uh, we hide very often times in life from pressure. Sometimes it's by default. Sometimes it's intentional. And I want to talk to you a little bit about wind tonight, the characteristics of wind. Wind is caused by air flowing from high pressure to low pressure. And the closer the high pressure is to the low pressure, the stronger the wind. The more pressure there is, the harder the wind will blow. We had a lot of really strong wind today. Hallelujah. When Elijah was hiding in the cave, he was under great pressure. He was running for his life from Jezebel. She had made a promise to kill him, and he was afraid. He became more afraid of Jezebel than he did of obeying the Lord. See, the Lord had given him an assignment. The pressure of the enemy on his life became greater than the pressure of obedience. The Lord told him to stand on the mountain. He didn't tell him to hide in a cave. So many times in life I have found, as I, I'm sure many of you would testify tonight, that we sometimes retreat to a cave when we are looking for lower pressure, hoping that God will come and find us where we have found a fortress of solitude. Hallelujah. Sometimes we retreat to a cave in hopes for reprieve, but we have experienced this as Elijah did. God did not come in the cave with Elijah. Somebody say amen. God didn't feel the same pressure that Elijah was feeling from the words of Jezebel. See, God doesn't succumb to pressure. God creates pressure. Hallelujah. He has the power to apply pressure. He is more powerful than any circumstance or threat of intimidation that pushes against our life. Verse 11 says that the Lord passed by. He came by the place that Elijah was supposed to be. And when he passed by, he caused a pressure, a high 
pressure, above that of Jezebel's words. See, the Lord fills all space and time. And when God moves, it creates pressure. The Bible says that he passed by where Elijah was. And immediately the elements began to respond because God was moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. The pressure Elijah felt from Jezebel that put him in the cave became the low pressure when the God of all creation passed by his location. If you thought you were scared because of whatever caused you to go into the cave, how many of you can testify to this tonight? You look for a place of retreat, but God needed to move you out from where you were hiding, and so he allowed the elements of your life to begin to shake. Hallelujah. Mm. Sometimes we retreat when we should still be climbing the mountain. Sometimes God passes by just to create a pressure system that is stronger than the one that put us in the cave. See, many times when the enemy takes a posture of intimidation in our life, you know what happens is we retreat. We stagnate. We become still. God commissioned us to move. He commissioned Elijah to go and stand on top of that mountain. But you're going to find out that on your trek up the mountain, there's a lot of places to hide. And sometimes we say, man, I'll just rest here a while. I'm just going to find a little bit of reprieve here a while. But if that is not the place that God called you to, you can expect sooner than later that God is going to come passing by your way and cause the circumstances of your environment to begin to move. Why does he do it? Because he wants you to vacate the place that he did not call you to habitate. Mm. Hallelujah. God passes by, the wind is sure to follow. Sometimes God passes by just to create a pressure system. Verse 11 says that God wasn't in the wind. He doesn't have to be in the wind for the wind to move. All he has to do is pass by. When God passes by, the wind blows to find a place of lower pressure. It was displaced by the movement of the Almighty. And all of a sudden, your cave doesn't seem as great a place to hide as it used to be. Sometimes the things that we try to find a fortress in or, or solitude in, we think, man, well, these cave walls are thick. Nobody can find me in here. The, the, these walls are, 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 are sturdy. Nothing can shake this environment that I'm in. But all God has to do is pass by. Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sometimes he lets the ground begin to shake just to move you out of hiding. Sometimes he passes by so a fire breaks out so that you can't stay where you are. 
Let me tell you something, what I feel in the Holy Ghost. And I have heard this confirmed by many, many pastors in churches right now. Do you know what so, so much of the church is facing right now? So much of the church is stuck. It wants to move forward. It feels like revival is within reach. But everybody's just scared to move out of the position that they are in. They see the chaos and the volatility and they, they hear the threat of the voice of the enemy behind them and they, they see the posture of intimidation that the enemy has taken against the church and people are just like, well, if I can just insulate myself from all of this. Mm. Just try to wait for that trumpet to sound. Mm. Hallelujah. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. There are only two ways for you to become bound in this life. Fear and sin. Sin will bind you and fear will bind you. The blood will deliver you from the bondage of sin. And the love of God will deliver you from the bondage of fear. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. When you become stuck and God needs to move you out of stagnation, God needs to move you out of complacency, it is his love that passes by you and allows a storm to break out in your life. It is his love and his mercy that says, hey, I didn't call you to be a cave dweller. So if the earth has to shake, if a fire has to break out, if the wind has to blow, if your environment has to succumb to the pressure of a changing environment, then that's what I'm going to do to get you on the move again. Hallelujah. Mm. The storm wasn't there to scare Elijah. It was there to pressure fear out of the cave. When fear left, Elijah got up. When fear left, Elijah came to himself. And hear this. When fear left, Elijah picked up his mantle. Mm. That's what I felt in my spirit today. The Lord is here to deliver some of you from fear. I feel it in this place tonight. I sensed it today in my office as I was praying and seeking the Lord. There are people here tonight that are bound by fear. Fear of finances, fear of disease, fear of relationships, fear in marriages, fear in ministry, fear of failure, fear of boldness, fear of faith, fear of the enemy, and fear that you don't have what it takes. But I've come to declare to you that that spirit of Jezebel has kept you in the cave Long enough. Mm. Let me tell you something. Most of my life when I've heard somebody talk about, teach about, or preach about the spirit of Jezebel, it's always been talked about that it's this problem in the church that comes against authority. And I'm not saying that that's not true. That is definitely true. But it doesn't always manifest itself like that. Sometimes the only thing the spirit of Jezebel has to do 
to be successful is to cause you to fear and retreat into a cave where you take off the mantle that God put on your life and you become ineffective in the kingdom of God. See, that's the dress code of the cave. Inside the cave, you take off the mantle. Inside the cave, you take off the anointing. Inside the cave, you take off the calling. Inside the cave, you take off the effectiveness of ministry and the body of Christ. But I'm telling you tonight that the church is coming out of the cave in the name of Jesus Christ. Those of you who haven't won a soul in a long time, God is telling you tonight, pick up that mantle of being a soul winner again. Those of you who haven't prayed for somebody, God is saying, pick up that mantle again. Those of you who have left boldness on the floor of your cave, God is saying, pick up that boldness again. Today is the day to come out. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. You know what happens when you stay in a dark place too long? Begins to affect your vision. I don't know if this happened to any of you when you were kids, but when I was a, a kid, my parents were adamant that we turn off all the lights in the house, right? They didn't want to pay that electricity bill. They wanted those lights off. So when mom turned out the light at night, man, if I didn't go to sleep right away, I noticed like that that robe on the hook started to look like a person, <laughs> right? That laundry basket looked like a monster coming down the hallway. Things look different in the dark. The enemy wants you in that cave. Because he can wreak havoc on your imagination and cause you to see things that aren't there. Some of you have been afraid of shadows that aren't even what you think they are. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. The enemy has caused some of you to become paralyzed by fear in your life. And you've lost your effectiveness in the kingdom of God. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. If I'm the only one, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I've been preaching here for several years, and I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you the same thing I said the first year I started coming here. This is a revival church. This is a church that God has given dominion to. This is a church that has prophecy all over it. This is a soul winning church. This is a church full of the demonstration of the power of God. And the enemy has done everything he can to keep the people of God in a cave. He said, well, you lost this one, so you might as well give up and not try anymore. It didn't play out the way you thought it did. So so you might as well just stay in the cave. You thought you had victory in this season, but you were wrong. So you might as well just give up. I'm telling you, those are shadow lies of the enemy. And the Lord is passing by this place tonight. And he's saying, Lighthouse, get up and come out. Get up and pick up your mantle and exit this place that you've been hiding. I charge you in the Holy Ghost. 
to pick up your effectiveness. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Mm. Fear and despair take root inside of that cave. You know where fear grows? Fear grows in the dark. Fear grows in the dark. Grows when you're isolated. Disconnected. It grows. Well, I'm not isolated. I, I fellowship. I'm connected. You know what part of darkness is? It's not doing anything in the kingdom of God. Fear grows in the darkness. And if I'm not doing anything in the kingdom of God, there's a part of me that is living in darkness. Amen. Mm. Hallelujah. Before Elijah came out of the cave, he had to pick up his mantle and wrap it around his face. The cave demanded that he lay it down. Ministry was useless in the cave. His calling had no power to deliver anyone inside the cave. Fear demanded that Elijah lay down his power to reside in the cave. That's what you trade for comfort. Comfort demands a surrender of power. The Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Of power. Of power. Somebody needs to say that out loud tonight. Say, I have power. The spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Why a sound mind? You know why a sound mind? Because you start going a little bit crazy when you're in the dark too long. You start imagining that people are against you that aren't really against you. You start imagining that God's forgotten about you. You start imagining that you've lost the favor of God. You start imagining that the church isn't for you. I'm telling you, you go a little crazy in the dark. You ain't got to be in there too long before you can't see right and you can't think straight. I'm telling you, no matter if there's a fire and earthquake and shaking outside, if that's where God called you to be, then that's where you need to stand. Don't be deceived by the darkness of the cave, but say, God, if you call me to the mountaintop, then I'm not going to stop until I get there. Ah. Mm. Mm. Oh. My God is the God of the wind. And he is passing by your cave today and asking, what doest thou here? What doest thou here? You know what the answer to that question always is for people in a cave? Nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm surviving. I'm hiding. I'm not multiplying. I'm not demonstrating. I'm not loving. I'm not serving. I'm not being effective. I'm just hiding. I'm just surviving. 
God help us from a survival mentality in this last hour. A, a survival mentality will cause you to miss out uh, on the greatest latter rain harvest uh, that this world is ever going to see. Hey friend, I'm fixing to have a Holy Ghost party up here all by myself. I'm telling you, you've got to break out of this survival mentality that says, man, I just got to put the pieces together. I'm so consumed with my finances. I'm, I'm so consumed with these issues that are going on in my family. I, I'm so consumed by trying to escape the consequences of this volatile environment around me. That's a cave mentality, and it's got to be broken in the church. The church has got to arise and make a declaration of faith again that says, God, it does not matter how much it's shaking or what is burning down around me. You have called us to be the church of this world. You have called us to be the salt and the light. You have called us to be laborers, and we will not sit idly by while you are doing a work in this last day hour. Time to get out of the cave. Cave is not protecting you. <laughs> Hear me. Cave is not protecting you. It's trapping you. Elijah thought that he was hiding out, that he was protected. But you know what he did? He put himself in a position of no escape. If Jezebel would have come and found him in that cave, there was no back door. No way out. You think you're hiding. You think you're insulating. You think you're protecting yourself. But the enemy says, hey, I got you right where I want you. Mm. Woo. If I can intimidate you into a place of hiding, mm. I'm looking to seek, kill, devour. If I can intimidate you into a cave, it's just a matter of time before I find you and you will have no way of escape. Because the longer you're in that cave, the more anemic you become. The longer you're in that cave, the more your eyes get out of focus. The longer you're in that cave, the more you start going a little crazy up here. The longer you're in that cave. You become more and more vulnerable. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. The enemy wants you in a rut. Wants your feet in miry clay where there is no standing. But Jesus wants you on the rock. He wants you on the mountaintop. He wants you where you can hear his voice, hallelujah, he wants you where you can see all around you, you got no vantage point in that cave, all you can see is maybe just the mouth of the cave, but when you're standing up there where God called you to stand, you got a 360 degree view. 
you can see what God's doing in the east and you can see what God's doing in the west. See, when you're in that cave, you got limited vision and the enemy can whisper anything he wants to you and you're going to believe it. Why? Because you can't see anything outside of that position of hiding. God is saying, come out and look what I'm doing. The enemy's lying to you. You need to come out and see the handiwork that I've been doing. You need to come out and see the miracles I've been performing. You need to come out and see the people I've been delivering. You need to come out and see the nations that I'm pulling into revival. You need to come out and see the systems of man that are toppling over after decades of lying. You need to come out and see the strongholds that are crumbling. Don't be afraid of a little bit of rumbling, a little bit of fire, and a little bit of wind. God is on the move in our world, and you need to come out and see what God is doing in this hour. Elijah was fleeing from Jezebel because of fear. When the Lord passed by Elijah, Elijah wasn't where he was supposed to be. Standing on the mountain was where God wanted him. That's a position of trust. Somebody's after me to kill me, and God says, I want you to go stand in plain sight. The enemy seeks my life. Seeks to destroy the church. He wants to take us out. The enemy has warred against the church for years. But the church cannot afford to become invisible. The church must be out in the open. The enemy shouldn't have to look for you. He should know exactly where you are. And you need to trust that if you are standing in the open where God called you to stand, that greater is he that is for me than he that is in the world. It's time for the church to start believing the promises of God again and not be intimidated by the lies that are posturing themselves against the church and causing the people of God to fear in this volatile hour. Psalm 18 and 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My rock and my fortress. My fortress. We, we try to find a cave that we think is a fortress. I can insulate myself with enough friends, enough money, enough security. We want to build our fortress, but God said, no, I'm your fortress. I'm your fortress. You may feel exposed, but I'm surrounding you. I'm your fortress. And my deliverer, my God and my strength, in whom I will trust. Ah, where is your trust tonight? 
my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Perhaps the Lord has taken his hands off the elements and allowed chaos to break out so you'd pick up your mantle and come out of the cave. Maybe he's letting the wind blow, a fire burn, and the earthquake beneath your feet to bring you out of hiding. I felt like the Lord laid a prophetic word on my heart today. I'm going to read it to you as I feel like the Lord put it on my spirit. This church is at a critical juncture. By United Pentecostal Church statistics, they say that you are where most churches are in attendance and in size. Some statistics say that you have peaked as a church. Are you hearing me? That this is as big and as good as it gets. And the enemy is whispering, stay in your cave and save yourselves. I feel the Holy Ghost. The enemy is saying, just wait for the trumpet to sound and protect yourself. But the Lord has been passing by your caves, disrupting the quietness of your lives, asking, what doest thou here? What are you doing? Lighthouse, pick up your mantle and come out in the name of Jesus Christ. You are not a church of cave dwellers. You are a revival church. You are a faith-filled church. And you are anointed for revival. I don't know if you believe it, but I believe it. God has anointed this church for revival. You're a faith-filled church. You're a prophetic church. You're a powerful church. Verse 10, when Elijah was answering God's question, he prefaced his answer with being jealous for God, being concerned about the state of the prophets on God's behalf. When the real reason he was in the cave was fear. Fear and self-righteousness will always lure you into isolation. And you will think you're doing God a favor. Fear deceived him into thinking that his isolation could preserve what was precious to God. He thought it was incumbent upon him to protect. You have entered a dangerous place when you believe you're helping God by withdrawing. If you've become ineffective, withdrawn, and isolated, God will pass you by. And the wind will blow, and the fire will come, and the earth will shake, and it will bring destruction around you to draw you out of the cave. That's when God's not in the fire. That's when God's not in the shaking. And that's when God's not in the wind. But if you want God in the wind of your life, 
you need to come together. One mission, one vision. Come out of your cave. Join hands with your brothers and sisters. Come into unity. And then God will step inside the wind. And the wind of the Holy Ghost will blow. (laughs) When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, not just this row or that row, or this side or that side, but all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. This is what it's like when God is in the wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. God was in the fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When God takes his hands off the elements and let the elements react to his moving, it's because he's trying to reposition you. But when you come together in unity, to stand in the place that God has called you to stand, to do the work that God has called you to do, he steps back into the wind, back into the fire, and back into the shaking and says, I'm going to fill this house. I'm going to fill this city. I'm going to fill this body of believers, and I'm going to release apostolic demonstration that is greater than anything uh, they have ever seen before. Uh, I said it to you before and God just reminded me about it again tonight. Uh, I've had visions of this place uh, with crutches and wheelchairs against the walls. Uh, I've had visions of this place uh, with Azusa Street stories uh, like you read about in the book uh, about that revival. Uh, I'm telling you it's here uh, and God is saying get up, uh, put on your mantle and get out of the cave. Fear not for the shaking that's going on around you. Fear not for the disruption. Fear not for the chaos. Fear not for the volatility. And invite me back into the wind. Allow a rushing mighty wind to fill this house tonight. In Jesus' name. Hmm. Hallelujah. Just stand with me. I believe today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day for somebody to step out of isolation. Today is a day for somebody to step out of anxiety, out of fear. Today to put feet on your faith again. Get up, man of God. Live to fight another day. 
Get up, daughter of Zion. Oh, don't allow a wounded spirit to keep you in the cave. Don't allow an offense to cause you to go into hiding. Don't allow the weariness of the fight to keep you withdrawn. Let the temptation of comfort uh, keep you in the dark. I feel in my spirit God's been pushing some of you. Uh, I feel like God's been speaking to some of you. Mm, to make, make a drastic change in your life. Something that puts you back in motion in the kingdom. This city needs you. Your church needs you. Your bishop and your pastor, they need you. Ah, I pray that God would send laborers back into the harvest. You know, you never retire from being a laborer. Sometimes I think that this world's retirement mentality sends us into this place of ineffectiveness in our walk with God. We think, well... I put in my 20 years. Mm. Uh, telling you what I see in the Holy Ghost. There are so many people in this room. You have people in arm's reach of you. In your life, they're in arm's reach of you. They've been there a long time. The Lord says to you tonight that you can reach them and that they are ready. God's going to bring some of them back to your mind tonight. He's going to put them in your consciousness again. People that you were dismissive about, people that you thought would never hear the gospel. But you're going to have to be willing to step out. Willing to move out of comfort. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 If you want to put feet on your faith tonight, I'm going to invite you to come to the front. Come on, if you if you can be honest with God, honest with yourself. I've become ineffective. Ha. I've lost my edge in the kingdom. Ha. It's been too long since I've had my hands in harvest. It's been too long since I've been involved with the miraculous. Hey. Ha. I feel like the fruit of the Spirit has withered in my life. You know the fruit of the Spirit will wither in the cave. There's no light in there. 
You notice yourself getting angry and irritable all the time, and you, you wonder what's wrong with you. Fruit can't grow in the cave. I'm telling you, there, God, God wants to replenish your endurance tonight. Some of you went into retreat because you were just tired of fighting. You were tired of praying. You were tired of believing. But I'm telling you, there's a restoration of spiritual endurance here tonight. Yes, you can pray another day. Ah, yes, you can keep believing. Yes, you can keep declaring. Ilo sondolo bo shanda na makaya.